You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Live from the table, the official podcast of the Comedy Cellar on Raw Dog Series <laughs> 99XM. This is Dan Natterman. I will be the main host today because Noam is not here. I don't know why he's not here. It's not, usually when he's not here, he gives us a reason, but he has not done so this time. I think it's be, I think he's going to Vegas this week. My understanding to, to is that up. nothing catastrophic yeah, Hopefully has nothing happened. catastrophic has happened. I believe he is going to Vegas to check up on the Comedy Cellar Vegas. As you know, our, our regular listeners know, the Comedy Cellar has a club in Vegas. Uh, we're waiting for Jared Freed to come. We've also got with us tonight the great James Al Toucher is here. James is a... Uh, so fantastic to be here. Good to see you all. Dan, always a pleasure when you're when you're the host. I love talking to you. Likewise, I'm sure. And, of course, Perry Alashenbrand, our producer, is with us as well. Uh, James Altucher. Who is James Altucher? If you're a regular listener, you know. If you're a, if you're a Bitcoin aficionado, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately. James Altucher is, he is an author. He is a comedian. He is a comedy club owner. He's part owner of Stand Up New York. He is a uh, crypto. Uh, cryptocurrency guru. I don't like that word. Well, where would guru. you prefer? prefer? Just, just an interest. He has just an a interest hobby. In, in cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is holding steady at about $7,000 a Bitcoin right now, I think. Last I checked. Yeah, so it's been floating around between like 7000 and 8500 I mostly had a Bitcoin. I had a Bitcoin. I sold most of it. I have about a tenth of a Bitcoin left. And I kind of don't pay attention to it. But Sounds like a pet. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> um, and you know what? That, I feel like that's a business idea. Like, get, like sort of like, like a Japanese doll type totally. of thing. Like, let's let's if you if you water your Bitcoin every day, it might grow. They have it like, has emotion. For kids, they have like Bitcoins. I mean, no, it's like some like digital pet that you have to like you know digitally feed. Yeah. And, yeah. James has a new book out. Hate to put an end to the Bitcoin pet conversation. No, no, no. <laughs> I do want to get to James' new bi- uh, book. <laughs> Think like a billionaire is forthcoming. This book has been written, or is it in? The yeah, end? it's written, and uh, I'm actually publishing it through Scribd. You know, Scribd. It's kind of like a Netflix of books. Oh, okay. Uh, so you subscribe to Scribd. You have access to like millions of books, including most books put by mainstream publishers, and uh, I'm ex- exclusively publishing it on. Scribd, so that people... Is that like a, se- a self-publishing thing? No, I mean, Scribd they is... They have to approve you? Yeah, and... Um, How high is the bar? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I have about, about, of all my books, about half are self-published, and half are published by mainstream publishers. Uh, and I, I encourage everybody to try self-publishing. Everyone who thinks they can't get a book out there, self-publish. Well, I'm writing a novel, as you know, and um, I'll be facing that very question when it's finished, which I'm hoping for a mid-2020 finishing, but I would prefer to get uh, a publisher behind it for just the prestige reasons. Yeah, I, I think I, for... I, I need that self-esteem. Yeah, I think for the first book, it's not so bad to get a mainstream publisher just to get, like you say, that uh, kind of, not quite prestige factor, but it like gets rid of the stigma. But there's many reasons to publish a book. You could publish a book maybe because you want speaking gigs. Then you should just, no one's gonna ever ask you later, hey, who was your publisher? Just they're just gonna you're just gonna say you have a book out and then uh, they buy it or not and you, you the publisher doesn't really do that much marketing for you 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 market through your social media and word of mouth and go on podcasts what the publisher when does, you have a book out I promise you can come on my podcast and we'll talk about okay. it okay but what the publisher does for you is as I said gives you prestige and my mommy can brag to her friends. That that Daniel has a book out with Simon and Schuster or with Little Brown. Will she actually say? Or she could do that anyway. Will she actually say he's with Little Brown? Well, and they're going to be like, who the hell is Little Brown? No, I feel like no, I, I've but- written two books, and I feel like when pe- people do ask me who published them, and they don't take me that seriously, like at first, and then when I'm like, oh, Penguin and Harper Collins, and then they're like, oh. 
Like maybe you're not just like a wise ass idiot. Or I could just publish it by I'll touch your imprint. You you could actually. And uh, and no one will know that that's well, you know just James Altucher. You know the interesting thing is again I published about half with the HarperCollins and Penguins of the World and half self published. Financially, I've done better with the self-published. Totally. But you're right. There is a... Uh, people want to know at least once. Yeah. You, somebody else chose you, which which, I, I, at heart, I hate that feeling. Yeah. I, because because it's a it's a lottery, really. Like, who who's to say some agent or some publisher's assistant has the right to judge the quality of we your art? We were just art. talking about this, And, yeah. you know, so ultimately, look, so many famous books have been self-published. J.K. Uh, Rowling and Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey was self-published. Initially, it's, and then it got... Yeah, it sold It sold 250,000 copies, and then Simon yeah. & Schuster picked it up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great science fiction books that were initially self-published. You know, go, That's something that's happening, too. Like, they do self-publish, and then the big houses are like, oh, shit, we should get on this. So, 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 yeah. so James, I want to talk... Because I've, I've been on, on Twitter... Uh, you know, generally speaking, I don't get involved with politicians, but Bernie Sanders, I think, is, is an idiot. Or, or if he's not an idiot, he's pandering to idiots <laughs> with this war against rich people, in particular billionaires. And I think that Bernie's attitude toward billionaires is as ignorant as Trump's attitude toward immigrants. Yeah, I think I, he's scapegoating them. When he says things like, there shouldn't be, he tweeted recently, there shouldn't be any billionaires. Well, how do you propose to get rid of the billionaires? Right, so I don't know. Or to know. prevent the creation of new billionaires. Right, and you know, a lot. it's funny how a lot of people have jumped on this bandwagon. Uh, uh, Robert Reich, the former Secretary of Labor under Clinton, he made a video that we should abolish billionaires. AOC, of course, is uh, on Bernie Sanders' exact platform in terms of billionaires. What does it even mean? All these people have created so much economic value in society that and created so many millions and millions of jobs, who cares if one person has amassed some wealth? That's new money generated in the economy that they amassed. Like, why punish one person when they've created hundreds of millions of, or, or tens of millions of job opportunities, profits? Uh, uh, when you when I buy something from Amazon, when I buy anything almost, I'm almost always using Amazon. So thankfully, somebody had incentive to create that company and... Why are we so against somebody else benefiting? I always go by the philosophy. I look at what's in my pocket. I don't care what's in right. Dan Natterman's right. pocket. And, I don't and care know, what's in anybody's pocket except Noam. <laughs> For some reason, I'm interested in what is in his pocket. Well, because because that's in your self-interest as well. You, no, you, I, I'm you just perform not, here, and he owns this club. So if this club fell apart, no, you, you'd have like to, to find a new place. I just like to bust his balls because he's always, I believe, minimizing his wealth. And so I like to bust his balls about it. Not that it's any of my business, you understand. But he, he walks around like he's on welfare. No, he doesn't. I'm exaggerating. And also you have a thing about how like, every time something... I just something... think he's funny when he's like, well, I don't know, you know, a uh, uh, tough month this month or whatever. I mean, whatever, he'll, sometimes he'll say things, not that, but sometimes he'll, he'll say things that I'm like, eh, what the fuck are you talking about? You're drowning in it. Look, look, so many people have problems. Now, yes... Well, he might well have problems, but money ain't one. Right, so money, to a large extent, not 100%, but money will solve your money problems, which is a big problem for many people in society. But again, it's, it's uh, you know, nobody sits around watching TV and accumulating a billion dollars. You have to, like, work, work hard for it. And no one is a, no one is a self-made billionaire. So take someone like uh, Ken Langone, the founder of Home Depot. A, the guy's... Uh, uh, Donated so that every medical student in New York City goes to medical school for free. He's he's donated money to every uh, hospital in New York City. That's why they're all called the NY NYU Langone right. Hospital. That's why I recently got my my penile rash uh, checked. <laughs> he, over a hundred thousand people have become millionaires because it's of this psoriasis, guy. Just psoriasis, nothing serious. <laughs> Is that I, true? It may or may not be true. <laughs> you never know because he makes up his jokes. <laughs> you know, but um, I. But everything is cancer when you Google it. That's all I can... Any symptom is cancer when you Google it. Yeah, that's why I, I have not... I, I actually, you know, I haven't been to... Potentially cancer. I haven't been for a checkup since I was 15 years old. And I recently... Somebody told me something interesting, which is that I'm probably a hypochondriac. Not that I'm healthy, that I'm, that I'm actually afraid to go to the doctor because I'm afraid that everything is wrong with me. So I'm terrified to actually go to the doctor. And that actually resonated for me. Like, I... 
I think I probably am. Such a hypochondriac, I won't get a checkup. Well, and you'll probably be all right. I mean, if your parents lived till a ripe old age, or did they not? Um, yeah, no, they, they did pretty then, good. Then, then you, you'll probably be okay, but it's probably better to go to the doctor. Is that the case with a dentist as well, or do you go to no, the dentist? No, I go to the dentist. Um, Why are you saying my breath's bad? <laughs> um... I, I want to um, ask you now, James. You've you've made a, a you've said a lot that you've you've made a lot of money. You've lost a lot of money. Thanks for reminding uh, me. <laughs> you've gained it back. You've lost it back. I, I don't know where you are exactly in your in your um, if you if you're between uh, fortunes now or if you're if you're with with within a fortune. I think you're within one because I see your beautiful wife next to you. <laughs> Which is of course the only way to that's sexist. You know, saying the only way to attract a woman is to have money. Uh, yeah, but I was just kidding. <laughs> in, in part, but a women are very, as, as, as Sally Albright said in Harry Met Sally, women are very practical. It's true. And, More practical uh, than and, me. And uh, it, it has some uh, importance. If, if it's not the only thing, it's a, it's a factor. I think, I think there's three skills. There's making money, there's keeping money, there's growing money. So, yes, I've gone from, like, I'll give you an example. My first company, it's all the way in the 90s, I made websites for... Uh, gangster rap record labels. That was our specialty. We sold the company. I made millions of dollars. And then by, basically by 2000, I went from, it's not even bragging to say this because of, of part two, but I went from like over 10 million cash in the bank account to $143 in about an eight month period. And, and, then, and, then, and I didn't do that just once. I've done that at least four times. And it's, it's, it's brutal. Like I had the skill of growing it, and I had zero skill at keeping it. It's like a completely different skill, and I didn't know that. I thought I was smart, and it turned out I was probably the stupidest person well, I knew. You're like you're like a uh, maybe you're like a, uh, a a ball player. You know, you you make the money, but you can't keep it. I don't, some yeah. of these athletes do the same thing, I guess. I think because you think you think that oh I'm uh, I did it, so that now I'm I'm done. I'm done with like the hard part of human life. And so you kind of give up improving yourself, and then it just all falls apart. And you think so you're smarter than you are. What's the trick to keeping it? Uh, the trick to keeping it is I think, to uh, uh, the, kick, the trick. I think to keeping it is put your money in in a in a in a diversified stock portfolio. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't actually like stocks at all, uh, or 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 that much. I th I think the trick to keeping it is to keep most of it in cash, and th then there's another trick to growing it. But to keep it. The main mistake I made was I would buy big things or make huge investments. And you're right, diversification's key or cash. And diversification is good for growing it. Cash, I think, is good for keeping it. Because uh, if you keep, if you just keep it in cash and you don't spend a lot, you're not going to lose it. I do. I do want to talk. Uh, get back to the billionaire conversation. Keep things on track. Um, so, so uh, a lot of arguing on Twitter focuses on the point that you don't need. That if we're we're looking, to, everybody agrees that we want to motivate people to to work and to create and to build companies and to innovate. And pretty much everybody's in agreement on that. Uh, and there are people that make the argument, okay, but billionaires are not motivated by money. Once you're a billionaire, you don't go to Bill Gates isn't going to work every day because he wants another billion dollars. He he's going to work every day because he wants to he wants to conquer. He wants to create whatever he wants to do. Uh, I don't know, but but so that. Uh, brutally taxing a billionaire would not decrease incentive greatly. Do you agree with that, uh, James Altucher? Uh, yes and and no. So the argument is, if you tax, if you do some wealth tax and say, "Hey, we're going to just take a big chunk of all the billionaires' money," uh, billionaires, one thing they're very good at is they're very smart at avoiding a tax like that. So you're going to see all of them move to another country other than the U.S. No guarantee. Bill Gates is not handing over half of his wealth to the government, 100% guarantee. But Bill Gates is a great example where he has pledged all of his wealth, $100 billion plus, to charity. So he does wake up every day figuring out how to give away a billion dollars. So then you have to ask the question, who is better at giving foreign aid? Is it the US government or is it Bill Gates? So Bill Gates actually is very clever about how he avoids um, giving money to corrupt governments and presidents and prime ministers. You know, when he's giving direct aid to foreign countries to, for instance, cure malaria. The U.S. government, not as clever. Or U.S. government just, unle as we see in these uh, current impeachment proceedings, the U.S. government just sort of hands over aid 
and and lets the other country do what they want with it. In many cases, those countries are corrupt. We've seen almost every single country we give aid to, the, the leaders become billionaires themselves while they're in office. Bill, Bill Gates tries very hard and has uh, a lot of things in place to avoid corruption. Okay, but I, I want to, But what about the motivation? If we tax billionaires at, I don't know what Bernie wants to do, 90, but whatever Bernie wants to do, how much, if any, is this going to decrease their incentive to continue to to innovate and continue to build their companies. It'll co- it, it will of course decrease. It will of course decrease. Like so, if someone like a Bill Gates, instead of holding on for billions of dollars and building a company that that spans the globe, whether you like Microsoft or not, he would have sold it early on and made you know enough money to avoid the radar and you know retired. But but these billionaires could have retired a long time ago and with enough money. Take somebody like Elon Musk. I don't know what he's worth. Yeah, about did, twenty billion. Did, did he? Is he? Did he create? Tesla to make more money, or because he wants to change the world and go down in history as the man that 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 changed the world with the electric car. I yeah, mean, don't how forget. How much of his motivation is money? My guess would be not that much. Yeah, don't forget he made about two hundred million on PayPal, and then he put so much money into Solar City, which is you know such an innovative company on solar power now owned by Tesla. He put so much money into Tesla. He put so much money into SpaceX when we had no space program, and he went. He kind of went broke. He, if, he, if he messed up that last rocket launch, it would have been the third or fourth rocket launch in a row that failed, he probably would have gone dead broke. He was sleeping on Sergey Brin's couch. And, uh, you know, finally he got this rocket launch and he, he was able to start taking companies public and so on. And he, he built his wealth again. But he was willing to risk it, risk it all. Did he have incentive of his money? No. He, like you say, he had many different incentives. He's a very creative guy. Money was maybe a measuring stick. And again, though, you have to look at not just do we lose incentive for these people, because you're right, that might not be an incentive, but in terms of the charitable efforts that they're all engaged in now, so many of these billionaires have signed these pledges where they're going to give all or half of their billions to charity. Are they better at giving charity or is the government? Who is a better allocator of money? And if you've ever ridden on Amtrak, for instance, you probably know that the government's not so good at allocating money. Well, I, you know, I... I that's an interesting question that I, I, I don't really know much about. But there's another aspect of it, which is just this, this hatred of rich people um, that's just misplaced. You know, whether or not they, their money is their incentive or not doesn't mean you have the right to take everything from them. Yeah, uh, but, the, but... So, so when Bernie talks about there shouldn't be any billionaires, first of all, I don't know how... You would do that. I mean, once you're worth a billion, now you're taxed at 100%. I don't know how you would create a system where there were no billionaires. But he's, I think he's creating a toxic environment of scapegoating rich people as, as though they're the problem. Right, because if you, so let's say the problem is income inequality, which I agree is a problem. That's not caused by more billionaires. That's a symptom of income inequality. Look, there's many factors that cause it. We could, you could spend all day arguing it, but it's definitely not the fact that there are these amazing companies like Amazon, Apple, Tesla, Google. That has not caused income inequality. Other policies have. And then you have to ask the question again. I'm, I'm always getting back to it. These are people who, these are companies that create jobs, create opportunities. You know, you, you buy something on Amazon, then you take an Uber down to come to this podcast. There's all sorts of innovate. you know, then you might take a self-driving car in a few years or you might use genomics to cure previously incurable cancers. I don't see the government working on these projects. I see entrepreneurs, people who have incentives working on them. And again, who, which, which if you take all the billionaires together and then you take the government, over the past 50 years, who has killed more people? Probably the government. <laughs> I don't know of any that many people that billionaires have have killed, but the government regularly kills people all around the world. Oh well, I mean, you know, I. I it's a uh, related question because the money has to go somewhere. If you're moving it from one hand to another, you're basically giving it to the people who arm eighteen-year-olds with machine guns and send them over to Iraq to well, kill an- little an- babies. Another question is: is what what uh, what negative effects income inequality has if the people on the bottom. And I'm not saying they do, but if the people on the bottom have enough, if we all have enough that we can live our lives comfortably, does it matter that somebody has $80 trillion? You you know, I mean, is the inequality really the issue? To what extent is inequality? Inequality creates jealousy and anger. 
Yeah. Which, which is real and which is, is, is perhaps bad. Right, and income inequality uh, has been an issue when more and more people... But if the people on the bottom have enough, how important is it to worry about the people on the top? Right, there's fewer people than ever who are beneath the poverty line. And this is not something that is a political thing. It's just year over year, over the past 60 years, there's less people than ever under the poverty line. And so you have to ask, in previous situations where there's been mass income inequality, is it because more people got pushed below the poverty line and then they were to get, you know, starvation or or diseases? But now we have we have no, you know, no major diseases that are sweeping, you know, the impoverished. Nobody is really starving in the US. More people than ever are above the poverty line. So you have to ask, like why are we focused on like 12 people when, you know, there's bigger societal issues. We have with us Jared Fried just stopped by. Hello, Jared Fried. Jared Fried. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I'm going to read this introduction. He's, an, he's a comedy seller comedian, host of the J Train podcast, <coughs> co-host of Betches You Up. That's right. All right. Well, What's Betches uh, You Up? It's a podcast. The what? You Up podcast. And his, his debut album... Always a Mama Bear was just released, and apparently he's doing quite well on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, so welcome, Jared, Thanks to our for program. Having I just to, Sorry I'm late. The rain killed my commute. Just to tell you what we're discussing, and then we'll, we'll, sure. we have a lot to get to today. Noam's not here, by the way. Okay. He's, I think he's in Vegas. I'm not sure. We were talking about uh, Bernie Sanders' crusade against <coughs> billionaires. Okay. James just wrote a book about, about think like a billionaire is forthcoming. I guess that means to think as though you're going to be a billionaire one day? Yeah, so I've interviewed uh, probably 20 or so billionaires, and, you know, I kind of just assembled uh, sort of little things I personally learned uh, from talking to all of these different people. Well, what do you think? So, so Jared, what do you think about Bernie and many on the left's crusade against the super rich? Um... I don't know. I feel like a billionaire whenever I go to the West Coast. You ever go to, like, the West Coast and you wake up at, like... 5 a.m. because you're like your clock is off. It's like a superpower, and you're like, yeah, you're like, I'm a bill. This is what it is. Yes. You know how those you- those billionaires wake up at like 5 a.m. They say they take four hours of sleep. That's what I, I. That's my favorite part about being on the West Coast. Is is you feel more? I feel like a billionaire. I'm because I can get through the night. I can stay up. Yeah. It's waking up that's the issue, and I feel like billionaires are good at that. But. <laughs> If I was going to get into Bernie's crusade, I don't know. I, I, it's tough to tell people to stop making money. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and, and also, it's look, not... But Gary, they, Jared, I'm surprised you're not more passionate about that because you are an entrepreneur. I, this not, is true. Not just... I mean, I, I, aren't we all? Aren't all comics? Yes, like, wouldn't you think of comics? Like, like, I think a lot of comics are, you know, pro-entrepreneur because they, this is what, you know, the, that's the whole thing is right. you're starting your own business. It's like golfers. <laughs> like most golfers are Republicans because they are their own business. But well, no, well, 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 think about like you just released this comedy album on iTunes, right? Mm-hmm. You weren't uh, selected by a record label. You you uploaded it to this platform. You're able to entrepreneurially put out an album the same way I don't know some the same way Jay Z might put out an album. And and iTunes is a platform that everyone uses, created by Steve Jobs, a billionaire. If he, if he didn't create this, maybe you would be dependent on some record label, you know, or some other comedy label selecting you instead of you choosing yourself and becoming more entrepreneurial. Yeah, I, I'm not against billionaires. I, I like, to me, like the people who complain about billionaires are just wasting their time and Jared, to, on their way to not becoming thousandaires. Jared, you uh, you so. are more uh, you, you're quite right when you say that comics are by nature entrepreneurs, but you are more so than most because you have two podcasts. You have your uh, you're always up to something. You're I'm, on, <laughs> I'm always up to something. Well, I'm always on, sneaking you're around. On Insta- <laughs> you're on Instagram, constantly dispensing relationship advice. That's true. Uh, whereas I uh, am less motivated in that direction, I just want, I want, uh, I want the world to come to me. Yeah, I'm not choosing myself, as James Altucher would say. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the world to choose me. It hasn't worked so far. What would well, be a little <laughs> bit? What would be a tiny way, though, you could move forward? Well, I'm writing that book that I'm writing. Yes, is 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 entrepreneurial in nature, and if I can't get a publisher, I'll I'll choose myself. James wrote a book, by the way, Periel, called Choose yes, Yourself, I'm, I'm, so that's why I'm I bring aware. up that expression. What would, what's like, well, Natty Light, what's your goal? 
Like, what is your goal? My, well, that's an interesting question. My goal used to be, back in the 90s when you were not even doing comedy, yeah. do a little comedy, get, get 10 to 15 minutes of good material, go on Letterman, get a sitcom, and be Seinfeld. Okay. As crazy as that sounds. And that doesn't sound crazy. Each step of the way, though, someone who you don't know has to choose you. Like some right. assistant for letter, assistant producer for Letterman has to say, oh, I like this guy, I'm going to choose him. Then someone has to watch you in Letterman yeah. at, at, at another network and say, oh, let's make a sitcom out of this. And then a producer has to like you. Then an executive has to like you. Then a bunch of marketing people have to like you. Instead of now, you can... We're seeing so many comedians just blow up on YouTube and creating their own, you know, vision for themselves. Exactly. Now, in the, in, back in the old days, though, the, all that seemed reasonable to me because the people I saw on television, it was happening for all of them. I, I didn't see all the people that it wasn't happening for. I just saw, yeah. I saw Seinfeld. I saw, I saw Roseanne. I saw Tim Allen. I saw uh, who Drew was Carey, the comedy? And they all seemed after after. 15 minutes of material that didn't blow me away, quite frankly, in many cases. Well, not, not in all cases. We're, we're becoming hugely successful. My question to you is now, who was the comic that didn't have that that became huge? Sebastian Maniscalco. Well, that be before that. Before so that, during that era. Because during I, that era, they didn't. I because now think. I think Maybe, like... Uh, Alan Havey? He, yeah, he was he on was a lot of places. Central. He was, uh, yeah, so, but, but he wasn't Central. like a Seinfeld or Ray think, Romano. I, there were no grassroots people at that time. This is I what don't, I, mean. I don't think. Like, I think like, the beauty of now is that there's uh, an example of both now. You know, like there are people that are plucked somewhat and they do their five and then they get the deal and then they go to the next. There's people doing the old school way, but then there's this all, like, there's also this like other group of people that are finding their own way that yeah. you can kind of like exactly and you know kind of look at their road a little bit to be like okay i see what they're doing because if if it's not happening from the pluck part right. i gotta i gotta start get i gotta go in the weeds and that's and what, i gotta start doing ground and, and i may not get there with you jared well, 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 but, uh, but but we as a people will get to that promised land. Well, look, look at look, how many working comedians would you say are in the U.S.? It's somewhere around I, I, I like four or five thousand. And and Netflix know. this year will do thirty comedy specials. So most people probably are not getting plucked. Most people have to find different and innovative ways to to get out there, and it's happening. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, this is all corresponding with me getting old and tired. <laughs> so I somehow have to, you know what I'm saying? Jared still, he's, he's a young 30-something. Uh, he drinks... Well, well Jared, what he, do you think... He drink what, me under the table. What do you think Dan That's should do? That's not related. What do I think Dan should do? Um, I think the... Well, Perry else says I should do more videos on, on, the, on so the Instagram. Annoying. I totally agree. I, well, so I don't got a distinct I personality. Here, I, I tell him that all the time. He's I'm like, likable. right but, in front Jared, of your Jared, fucking to me, face. But to Jared, me, that's, uh, that's half, you know, like... People, you know, there's. We'll start what, with half. What we're noticing, what we're noticing, is that people want to like like the people that they're, you know, they want to be a part of like the person and what they're going through. So like, you know, for me, like I start, I do the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, you know, you feel like you know me, mm -hmm. and you're more adept to come to a show. And then the other thing is, uh, after I started doing the podcast, I started watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and I like doing that. So. I would do my Instagram stories of me yelling at the TV. I liked yelling at the TV and making fun of the Bachelor and Bachelorette. When I started doing that, it felt, I think I got a different kind of reaction where people were like, oh, everything's funny. This guy's funny doing this thing. I want to see him doing the other thing too now. So, like, for me, like, it's kind of like, you know, I but think you're like. You're just these putting yourself out there more. But these podcasts and stuff are like almost like being, you know, and these YouTube and everything that's internet based is like being a character on a show was in the 90s. So you totally. could be the sidekick and you'd be like, well, I'm familiar with them. I'll go see the show now. And hopefully the show's good, you know? But um, I think, like, it's... It, but it also takes up a lot of time and effort. As you said, like, the the exhaustion part, like, I that, I, I see that. I agree with that. But, you know, I, I have to... We all... I think this probably goes for every comic. We have to do things that we find artistically fulfilling. Yeah, of course. And, and I don't know that YouTube videos for me would be artistically fulfilling. I am feeling artistically fulfilled, even though it's exhausting, even though it's torture, writing my book. And, and I am hope when that's done... But you respond to people on Facebook, I see. Yeah, but... You're but a rabble most, I'm a rabble but mostly... So mostly how, but most, what, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but I wouldn't... How does that... Like, to me, you rabble-rouse on Facebook. That's correct. Okay, so what's the... 
what's the creation of that? What like to me, like you know, stand up is its own thing. Like to when it was told to me, stand up is the prize. You get to do it if other things, how you know push you up like uh there's very few people that are linear linear stand-up people there's very few people that went from open mic to you know to shows to club comic to weekends to theaters is you just don't see many they had something else that got the audience to look at them okay so i'm saying like the you know facebook rabble rouser that's not a business but how does that? Well, how does that? How does that creatively turn into something that you can package? Well, for I never someone? thought of it that way. I just enjoy discussions on Facebook. So, I, but what is that? What's what does that become? That's that's the way I would think about it. Like, what's this? I like discussions on Facebook. Okay, how do I package this in a way that will get people to be fans of my rabble rousing? Because, I mean, well, first of all, I think sometimes you have to do stuff that you don't love in order to get where you want to get. But also. Duh. Well, yeah, like like going with Jared's example, let's say you did. You, 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 I do see those comments you make. You, you, someone will make a point. You'll be naturally skeptical and have your own unique viewpoint. What if you started doing two, three minute videos on Instagram saying someone, this guy said this, I said this. Here's why. What do you think? And then you start building. You try building like an that, Instagram. That's presence. an interesting idea. And by the way, Natterman's Nook. Speaking of <laughs> that, so you got Natterman. I'm telling you, this is all the and thing is like people get it. mad at me. I put tweets on Instagram, and I and my response is always, "That's a better packaging. That's a better way to package the rough drafts that I write on Twitter that it can go on Instagram." So why would I work against myself? So the packaging of Natterman's Nook. Where you put a nice thing up across the top, where you have the Facebook comment. Here's the the going belief right now is, you know that the NBA players are wrong for not going against China. This is a subject that I feel like you would have an opinion on. So then you go. I don't even know that what you're talking about. So the, the <laughs> NBA players are are basically ignoring, you know, their relationship with China being. Problematic because of how China treats uh, their citizens. Oh, okay. okay, so but where NBA players have been out in front of all other social causes and seem to have no problem when it doesn't affect their wallet to when it does affect their wallet. So a subject like that feels very media natterman. Yes, a place for it, you to sink your teeth. Okay, into. okay. Well, I don't disagree, but I, I do want to use that as a jumping point. Sure. To, because you talked about uh, to talk about my latest Facebook. Uh, conversation, and I always end up deleting it because it always gets hostile. Well, that's what. The, but the thing is, when it gets hostile, you're creating. There's there's interest. There's people that are that are talking with you, and that's kind of lot. That the social media angle where it's like, like if you had a, a place where you could put this, like if Facebook, if you got a following for Natterman's Nook, where you just wrote up, you say, I saw this opinion today. Here's my you know dissertation on the subject. Like, but by the way, there's something additional there, which is not only do you have potential to build an audience, but you're also focus grouping ideas. So if suddenly you have a topic that where your stance is attracting hundreds or thousands of comments, you think to yourself, oh, maybe there's a comedic point of view here that could evolve. So it's almost like focus grouping ideas to see what people are interested in. Well, let's do some. Let's let's see if people are interested in this. As I said, I do okay. want to get to my latest Interest. Let's go to fact, Natterman's I, Nook. Yeah, well, we'll go to. I don't know that I want to call it Natterman's Nook. But, okay. Well, this is a, uh, I like I'm that saying though. this hey, is. Nook. But let's let's brand this. Let's let's have something. What you have to. What we but all have to understand is. Now here's the problem with me is I'm not. I'm not really a rabble rouser. I'm very measured. But of course. You're a uh, thinker, social, and it shows. But media, that's your biggest problem social, with this stuff is that you're, you have to give in to the idea that you're a rabble rouser. Yeah. You can't. You have to understand that the, not, the the marketing and the packaging of this I matters, know. and that create that you have to lie to yourself a little bit, well, Natterman. Welcome with this to stuff. my life. Anyway, with him. <laughs> I'm very measured, and I don't rabble rouse. And people perceive it as 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 controversial because people are so hit on a hair trigger. I I suggested recently on Facebook. That Columbus, because it was Columbus Day, on we're taping on Wednesday, <laughs> and every year it seems to get more heated, the Columbus Day debate. Sure. I yeah, like everything we learned for 12 years in grade school now is wrong. Right. Like we could have saved uh, well, so it, much time not it, learning that stuff. It may not be wrong, but I posed, the, I, posed the, I posed two points on Facebook. I want to see what, what you all think about it. Mm. Number one is the point that no one makes constantly, which is how do you judge somebody uh, from another time by today's standards. And that's a point that people talk about a lot. Another point that I made was, 
is even if Columbus were the, the, the scoundrel that everybody says he is, if he is inspiring people in the present to do good things, mm. does it matter that, 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 we're, that we're perhaps distorting somewhat uh, the, the reality of what he did 500 years ago. It, it, I, is I it mean, that big a deal if people are having fun and if he's a source of pride, particularly for Italian-Americans, and if he inspires the Knights of Columbus, for example, to do charity? It, it is, is a fictionalized version of a historical hero of value, even if not corresponding to historical reality? I, I pose that question to you, James Altucher, first. Well, if you have a, anything I, to say about that? Yeah, I do, because... I feel nothing matters from history. Now, yes, you learn from history's mistakes to some extent, but basically everybody was evil 500 years ago. Heck, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, you had Mao kill 45 million people. Or you had, actually, Queen Isabella, who sent Columbus on this journey. She had the Inquisition killed God knows how many people. So, I don't know. This I, is, I have a th feeling where I don't really care about anybody because no, none of that stuff matters. It's more important what matters right now today than thinking about back then. So you don't feel Columbus Day is, is either a good thing, a bad thing? It's you a great thing because it allows kids to not go to school, which I think is a bad thing. <laughs> well, okay. What about it's the biggest virtue signaling story of the year. Every year, the, it's a virtue signal because you haven't spent the year fighting for an uh, Heritage Day. It's a, uh, the day after Columbus Day, no one talks about this. The fact that we're talking about it now is like, you know, no one's going back. You know, a, a, the day it ends is the day the story ends. So th I don't believe that really people care about this. They want It's a very easy thing to look smart and look good by saying this day was horrible. Because, yeah, everyone does, every big thing that was created or founded was done by stepping on the heads of lesser people. Facebook was created by a guy who wanted to get back at an ex-girlfriend. And we're on it every day, and you're on there rabble-rousing. Go to Natterman's Nook and check out his opinion on the, the going subject. <laughs> well, again, subject. I wouldn't call but, it rabble-rousing, but... Or Natterman's Nook. He's having a problem with alliteration here. Well, I'm, I'm say, so Natterman's Nest, that's fun. Um, but I'm saying this is one of those stories that, like, you know, we... It's... Nothing's black or white. You know, if you want to go back and you want to erase the name of the day, whatever. I don't. I don't. I just don't think you're that good of a person. You know, versus the next person who doesn't realize that Columbus did atrocities. What about Jared Free? Do you? Well, how do you feel about Columbus Day? Indifferent, favorable, or unfavorable? Or you? I'm indifferent to the day. It doesn't. It, I don't think about it. I don't, Again, as an entrepreneur, I don't get Columbus Day off. Um, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to do shows that night. I'm not going to honor Christopher Columbus and this. And I don't think, I don't think Italian Americans are sitting there getting, you know, the, anyone well, who would some, tell you that, some are. But, I mean, but not, that's a loser to me. That's a loser. Okay. You know, anyone that takes pride in Chris Columbus because they're Italian, it's like okay, uh, if the top thing at your resume is, you know, your the version of a person you are, like oh, I'm an Italian, that you're a loser. So that's and, the, and, and by the way. Columbus was probably Jewish as well. Evidence is now showing. Well, so. he may or may not have been. I've read that. Do you, what about this notion that he did not discover America? I yeah. think that I think that's silly. Well, everybody knows that. Uh, well, first off, discovered America was done by Mongolians fifteen thousand years ago. But uh, but as far as Europeans are concerned, he did discover America. No, if you I, have the Leif Erikson and. Uh, more, more, well, more okay, continental then, America than Columbus. Then maybe they would say the same thing about Leif Erikson. How could he discover America? Uh, my, my point is, you can discover something even if people are already there. What if I discover a new place for brunch in Brooklyn? You, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there people be, are. You I, discovered I, it I for, for your people. For yeah. my people, it's, I, it's, well, a, it's a valid discovery. The, you know, I discovered my girlfriend in bed with another man. He's already there. Another holiday. I still discovered. Sure, yeah. They, yeah but this is the, this is why the subject is like such a waste of time. Like but it's, it's not like, a waste of time. He, discovering something is still a valuable thing. But I'm saying, but my or, or if not a valuable thing, a significant thing. Why? A, a world-changing thing in the case of Columbus, or in the case of whoever. Yeah, but it would have been. It would have been discovered by somebody at that uh, point you anyway. You can say that about everything. No, but but but, as, but there were but there were technological innovations in terms of shipping, in terms of the storing of but, but, food but and alcohol. Semantics. It's semantics. Uh, but, but the idea. You can that say that about anything that somebody else would have done it eventually. But the fact is, Columbus 
Did have a lot of balls. He was a great seaman, as I understand. Yeah. I, also, the bravery to like just look at the I, sea and just go, we're going to go that way, without knowing if the sea drops off the face of the earth. Like At that time, I commend the bravery. Well, so You don't know anything. I, I, you don't I, got I, Google I, Maps. At a minimum, he had balls and he had seamanship. Yeah. And so if maybe that's worth, you know, again, and this is like about how, if can you separate the great deeds of a man from the evil deeds of a man, which is another question that comes up often in the artistic context. Yeah, it also comes up with almost every political leader ever, including in this John, past century. I don't know if Dante is, is part native. I don't know if he wants to talk about Columbus or not. You want to talk about Columbus? This is Dante Nero. He's been on the podcast before. Do you know Dante? You know Dante, James, because yeah, James... Yeah. I know Dante James, very well. Uh, works Dante roasted new, me on my 50th birthday. A new father... Congratulations! Welcome to the uh, for uh, on your new son. You're a relatively late in life father. I think I I, I don't think that's a secret. Oh, Wait, is this? He, he's in his. I don't want to give your age away. If you, that's a late in life father. I'm about to turn fifty, so so I don't know if that's an inspiration or not because I don't know if I want kids. But but it's nice to know it can this be done. This is a fun subject for Nat Natterman's nest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, telling you, this, uh, this is uh, Natterman's one, nest, Natterman's nook. Dan doesn't believe well, in the carbon footprint of a baby. Yeah, I don't Dan's mind. den. I don't mind alliteration. I don't know if Nook is the one I would go with. Okay. Na I prefer Nest. But nest, okay. We'll, we'll talk go with about Nest. That. We'll Nest. Nest. We'll, but for now, we'll go with Nest. Okay. Dante Nero, everybody. He's a regular at, at James's club, that, I believe. Is that you yes. use Dante? Yeah, Dante's quite, there quite all the time. Uh, Dante's everywhere. Yeah. I got it. You know, it's just, I get the emails to put in my avails. and all, all you guys are come to the club. You know, but I like to go there when you're there. I'm, I like to I like to go so, there when you're there. So, so I watch all you guys. Let's you know try to work that out if we can, because otherwise I go there. If people, I, if my, for me, if there's nobody there that I know or can talk to, it's not as interesting to me. Comedy Look, for me is more social than anything else. Dante, we were talking about yeah. Columbus. Now I know you're part native. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, Sioux. Apache, Apache or Sioux. Sioux. So um, and as well as African American and, yeah. and white. Yeah, a yeah, little my, bit of white. Right, in my uh, grandmother is I half Irish. So we're half talking Irish. about a topic that's much in the news this week, anyway. C right. Christopher Columbus. What are your thoughts, Columbus? Hero, villain, both? Of course, he's a villain. <laughs> he killed a bunch of people. He took other people's land. I mean, that's I don't understand why that's uh, disputable. All right, but let me ask you a question because sure. you just said you're a Sioux. What do you think of uh, Abraham Lincoln? Uh, Abraham Lincoln was, uh, he was a dirtbag too. Because <laughs> like, the, the greatest massacre, uh, legal massacre on U.S. soil civil was, was, was against the Sioux Indians oh, by Le Abraham Lincoln in and 1862. And tears and everything else that goes on. That's been going on. You're, you're literally talking about almost the genocide of a whole people that, that's been desecrated, has never been able to recover from the genocide of Europeans coming to this country. So, so to Jared's point now... Who cares anymore? Like it happened. It's history. Yeah, of course, it's horrible. But everything is horrible. Yeah, that's is that what Jews say about Hitler? No, that's horrible. Everything's right, but, horrible. So, uh, but if it's not horrible, if it's not who cares for Hitler, then it's not who cares for Native Americans. Why is it any different? I, look, I don't know what I'm asking. I I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, if it's not, is it okay? Is should we forget about Hitler and the Holocaust? We should never, or or should we? Should that still be remembered? I think we should not forget about anything, and it's very simple. Don't kill people. I, I would say this. In 500 years, if I won't be around, absent uh, some technology, maybe Elon Musk is working on something, um, yeah. but I likely won't be here in 500 years. But if in 500 years somebody says Hitler creates a mythology around Hitler, that he, uh, acknowledging that he did a lot of bad things, but saying he did some good things too, and people got pride and... <laughs> They had parades and ate German food, and nobody was really hurt by it. And nobody was hurt by what? Him by killing, by, by no, he's, no, he's saying hypothetically. Saying in, in 500 years, if they start celebrating Hitler, like and, if the and Germans they create, and they create a mythology around him where they they change the history and what he did. And yeah, but why? I, why would, I don't think I would care in 500 years. Yeah, personally. Okay, so if you I, live I, till 500 years and you don't, <laughs> that's great. But you're not gonna live 500 years. I know that. But my, my point done. is, my point is. You know, there was an episode of The Simpsons where Lisa, this might sound silly, and it is, but where Lisa Simpson found out the truth about Jedediah Springfield, mm -hmm. knew that he was a, a, a terrible man and a murderer. Okay. And the whole town was having a parade, 
And and they love Jedediah Springfield. And she was about to say, I have news about Jedediah Springfield. He was, and then the woman said, tell us, what about the great Jedediah Springfield? And she just, and Lisa just said, he was great. She just said, fuck it. Everybody loves the guy. And I don't want to piss on their parade. Now, obviously, I'm not comparing Jedediah. Jedediah was, was, not, a, was, 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 was not quite as, uh, didn't kill as many people as, uh, a, as uh, Columbus. But the point being is, is do people need their heroes and how much do we let slide certain things because we all need our heroes and our heroes might inspire good things in us. Columbus might inspire good things. The Knights of Columbus, as I mentioned earlier, does charitable work. If a, if a, if a long dead the hero... The Knights of Columbus have nothing to do with Columbus. The Knights of Columbus is a fraternal order that, that was created on, in the United States and, that's, and, and the people who define that they define it. It has nothing to do with Columbus. Columbus didn't say, let's start the no, Knights of Columbus. No, the point is, is if people find inspiration and if people are motivated to do Nine. positive things or if they're motivated to have pride so you, in a good way. But do you think do, that Columbus, do, do, does hero, Columbus inspired the good things I, I, in the Knights of, Colum- Knights of Columbus? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I well, don't know much that, about the Knights yeah, of Columbus. So but, in a more, in a, an ass- but in a more general sense... Our 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 heroes. Let's let's open the conversation more generally. Okay. Do heroes? Washington is a hero. Jefferson is a hero. They own slaves. Okay. Do people need their heroes? Are are are, are you know even if they're somewhat fictionalized and romanticized? Do they become heroes, something else? Are heroes a necessary element to a healthy society? The the problem is truth. If you there's three aspects that I talk about all the time is authenticity, credibility, and empathy. Authenticity, truth, uh, credibility, you say what you mean, you mean what you say as a man. When you say you're going to do something, you're doing it. I empathy, think, are we getting good sound on Dante? Just, no, Dante. Empath- empathy in that you look at the plight that other people go through and you, and you consider that when you make decisions. And I think if you, if you do those, if you practice those things, everything falls into place. The minute you deviate from those three principles, then you end up in you end up in a situation where it goes left. So you there's always been revisionist history um, in in this country because people don't want to take responsibility for the things that they've done horribly. But but nobody nobody here discovered America, and it's sort of like to every, to all your points. What do we do now moving forward? It kind of doesn't make any like every single as Dan points out, Columbus, Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, John F. Kennedy. Everybody's like a, a maniac. They're all so killers don't to some extent. Them as heroes, don't, then. I mean, isn't it important? Isn't it important to like? I mean, there could be like a pedophile down the block who right. like did some like good charity work. But can we? Can Do you we, not acknowledge well, can we, that? Can we? Can we celebrate their heroic a- a deeds? Whilst at the same time acknowledging they're less than yeah. heroic what deeds. What was the heroic deeds? Of Columbus? Yeah. Well, he was a great seaman, as I No, I he wasn't. He, went, he was going someplace else, and he ended, up <laughs> in the United, he ended up in America. So he wasn't even a good seaman. He got lost. Well, you know. He got <laughs> lost. <laughs> it was an accident. Well, this was like the island of loss for him. Um yeah, well, there, there, there so is. So there's the seaman down too. What else? What else did he do? Well, I, first of all, I think he was a, probably a great seaman and a, and a brave I, seaman. This is why I'm not a good comedian, by the way. I, I, I feel keep feeling an incentive to make a joke about seaman, but none of you guys do. Well, no, 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 my first the, jo- the joke, the joke is in the word itself, seaman. You don't want to, you don't want to. It's low hanging fruit. Yeah, see, this is why you guys are the best. <laughs> but, um, but, it, but as a more general, in a more general, but I was, I was also talking Dante more generally about heroes. Yeah, but if about really, Washington, can we, can we worship? Washington, and and, but I'm saying, are you offended by that? No, if you you can love whoever you want to love. There's 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 Nazi and and neo Nazis that that idolize uh, Hitler. That doesn't mean that they're right. That doesn't mean that they can't do it. But I mean, we found out recently. We found out we found out recently that possibly Dr. King did some things that weren't so terrific. What did he do that wasn't terrific? Well, it's they, not even recently. He said had tons of affairs. We, no, but there, there, was, the there was some accusations of more than that. Mm. Okay. 
Oh, we, which I believe of, of 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 witnessing a rape and 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 not so to and not point, intervening. Truth, that's an accusation. I don't know if it's true. But but to but point, even if it is, is true, even if yes, it is but true, but we do know that Hitler killed. Okay, but Jews. but the point is, is and we do know that Columbus he killed more than a few millions. <laughs> a, a jet was instrumental in the genocide of of a whole race of people. Jared, we haven't heard from Jared in a while. So I know he's got my, something to say. My about. thing is, I don't have a problem with you having. Heroes, but just have a legitimate heroes. Don't re Obi -Wan revise Kenobi. the history so that you can you can idolize somebody who doesn't deserve the idolization. I mean, Mussolini was just as bad as, as Hitler. But what if somebody does something great? And forget about Columbus. Somebody does something great, but also does something horrible, like the slave owning some of the slave owning founding fathers. Okay, and what did they do great? They they they. Founded the country we're all living. What's so under, great about this country? Under the under the guise of free labor, and the country was built on free labor. And if it hadn't been built on free well, labor, the country wouldn't be what it is today. Well, there there's a lot of people that would take issue with Nobody. with that. I mean, what, uh, Australia was not built on slavery. They did pretty well. So, but so even, I think even America could have done. We're not talking about Australia. Well, you got to speak into the mic. We're Dante. talking about this country was built on on using black people as a revenue stream. Jared, you, say, Jared you say what? But, I mean... I, if you say... You don't have to say anything, I, I mean, the in the same way that, like, the Knights of Columbus, you know, going back to the subject at hand, with Knights of Columbus, the first thing that was said was they, they have nothing to do with Columbus. They have something to do with Columbus. They, they call it the Knights of Columbus. But I'm saying the intent, like, I, I think with, like, Columbus Day... As far what it means to people, you can have it call you know to say to go back and say let's change the name. Fine, what you know if you want to change it to Heritage Day, but I don't think that's gonna help that group more. I think you create a new day, you create a new remembrance, but also to like you can look at things in context. You can go, Columbus got in a boat, showed up here, however many years ago. What, whatever that means to the country being what it is today, it means. And you go, and also, it meant a, a, almost erasing a whole group of people. Okay. You know, and, and we walk on that land that that was created. You know, to say, I'm just saying, when Look, you get down the road of, like, what are we spending our time on? I mean, if you want to teach people that Columbus was a bad person, that's one thing. But why teach them that he was a good person when he was? We, we a agree. Good I mean, I, I don't know why either. that was a part of the lesson plan. I don't know why well, that I, was. Everybody knows it's a revisionist of history. Right, but now it's revisionist again. And I think the point is, is uh, what what are we using doing with our time? Are we arguing about Columbus or are we trying to solve society's ills? And it seems like arguing about Columbus. Your point is maybe we need heroes. To, to, well, I don't to know. I was trying to open up that discussion. I was asking so the that, question, well, to what extent are heroes necessary for a healthy society? In other words, if we, again, taking the Founding Fathers as an example, I mean, what if we decided to ditch them and blow up the Jefferson Memorial and blow up the Washington Monument? Uh, that would upset me, but do we need those things to I prosper as, as a society? Did they need them? No. Did yeah, they, you don't did, need them. Did, did the Founding Fathers need those things to do the good things that they did do for this country. Did they need those history? Was there, well, they, they was might there have Mount had, Rushmore that they could subscribe? They might have had their own heroes, and yeah, I, we, I don't know we, about you're them. You're talking about a speculation that you, there's this hypothetical speculation whenever it's a situation where we're talking about, let's look at the good side of what if, this if guy If we is. don't have but some don't pride in our founding and some pride in our founders... Can we still flourish as a society? Yeah, why not? Because what's so great about the fact that the, the Revolutionary War, for instance, you could point to just as many ills that came out of that. I mean, England, for instance, abolished slavery in 1833. We broke apart from England and, and took us another slavery. 30 years. So what's so great about our Revolutionary War? We, we, we act like it's this religious thing that happened. It was just a bunch of people, rich people fighting taxes in England and fighting to keep slavery in the and, South. And, and ultimately, the, 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 the people that came from England came here, and then they instituted the same, the same kind of aristocracy here. The, the Founding Fathers became the aristocracy. They, the Constitution is, is, is built so that rich people maintain their riches that why would they not do that i mean i'm not saying that any group wouldn't have done that but you have to look at what the truth of that is the truth is 
that it's you you have a situation when it, when the the founding go ahead I want to no 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 the, the founding Jared, founding. Jared you have to go to go. a spot okay I gotta go host Jared yeah, good to see we, we thank you buy Jared's new album hey, thank you uh, Mama Bear a Mama always a Mama Bear always a Mama Bear it's and, wherever you stream music okay Jared he looks it's like a frat there. boy but he's really very feminine in many <laughs> ways <laughs> we uh, Lamour uh, Azrink uh, I forgot her last name but. Uh, she wanted to stop by briefly and uh, plug something, so we're almost died. I told her she could come mm. the last five minutes. Lamore, why, why is she taking... All right. Let uh, me ask you a question, What's so great about anything in the past? Exactly. <laughs> Name one good thing well, from the that, past. I mean, that's an interesting... <laughs> and that's a question I ask myself a lot. Like, the Canadians aren't a very patriotic people. They don't have these heroes, I don't think. that we. They don't have founders that they worship... Uh, their money has the queen on it, and I don't think they really care about the queen. Yeah, they never had a revolutionary and, 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 and their war. Society, they didn't kill people and their, in their society own is pretty good. So do we need... I would say that if we turned on the founding fathers as a society and they were no longer part of our pantheon, no longer on our money, uh, if we didn't have a Washington Monument or a Jefferson Memorial, I would be sad. I don't know that that... Because it's something I grew up with. And, you know, something I was, I was taught to cherish. Would it make us a worse country? I don't know. Uh, it's the question I ask myself. You, you seem to think it would not Definitely make us not. any worse of a There's country. evidence that we're a worse country because we fought exactly. all these wars. Because those, those heroes are what breeds the but ego we, well, but that we, make but, us uh, But I'm not prepared to dismiss do. them as great men in many ways, even, even though they had their flaws. I mean, to say that the founding of America was not a great thing, I... I I, as, as I, 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 I'm at what cost? And I mean, if, if you're the people that it was done at, at my court. So none of those guys are, found, are, are heroes to me. None of them. Uh, well, like, like you look at the... But, but okay. And look, so they don't inspire me. You know who does inspire me? Nat Turner, because he, was re he, he rebelled against slavery and he killed his slave owners. That's a guy who I could get behind. So Or Obi-Wan Kenobi, who <laughs> rested... Who, who stayed calm for 40 years while Luke Skywalker was getting born and growing up. Lemoore, my hero. Uh, Azrinkle, how do you pronounce your last name again? Garfinkel? Garfinkel, yeah. Uh, what, what, how do you do? We were, as you obviously overheard, we were discussing Columbus Day. Well, we, we were discussing Columbus Day earlier, and then that opened up the discussion to uh, patriotism and heroes in general. But anyway, mm -hmm. you wanted to come here to talk about your uh, project that's coming up. Yes, I wanted to talk about... Um, this fundraiser that I'm organizing, it's going to be in two weeks, October 29th. I believe I'm, I believe I'm on the show. Uh, sure. <laughs> I believe so, right? I'm, I'm booked on the show. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, okay. Sure. okay. Uh, <laughs> she seemed a little skeptical of that. <laughs> no, 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 I have no. it in my I have it in my calendar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you say so. No, no. Dan, yes. Lee Moore. Yes. Yeah, it's an Israeli name. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's October 29th at Caroline's. We're doing a fundraiser for Mount Sinai's Division of ADHD and Learning Disorders. Nice. Um, the way it started was I started photographing comedians from the cellar, mostly. And um, we did an event. Our first event was two years ago. We auctioned off the prints. It was part of the uh, New York Comedy Festival. Caroline sponsored it. And um, we auctioned off those images. Dan was one of those comedians. Mm -hmm. And this year we're doing another fundraiser. And there's even more comedians that I've photographed now. And there's going to be about 40 portraits of comedians nice. and comedic actors. This year, I've expanded to comedic actors. So, so yeah, so I have people like Brooke Shields and uh, Mindy Cohn from In Fact Can of I ask Life you a question about the... Yeah. Were, were you inspired by the founders to take these pictures? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did it because you thought it was something that would be good to help out people with, what you said, ADHD and... Learning disorders. Learning no, disorders. I was inspired by my own... Family, like everybody in my so family, right? Had so your some own kind inner of, compass that my, kind of says comedy, ADHD, is, linking them. Yeah, I mean, look, I I link comedy to anything because I love comedians. Right. I think they're the heroes of our society because they're the ones who say right. everything that nobody wants to say. The they say the, the truth. truth, right? And some of us just do shtick, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I I still typically Good lie point. to everybody, but that's another story. But in those lies, perhaps there's truth. Perhaps. I don't know, you know, uh, but uh, or maybe not. No, my, the truth is, most comedians are not addressing the profound questions of our day, but some are. It's hard. It's hard to do. But some are doing that. Different I'm not doing that. I'm talking about my cousin Sheila 
<laughs> and how she came over for sex one day. But actually, I think you have a great point of view there, which is that social media has blocked us from real communication. So, so things like your cousin Sheila and that event could happen. I think you have a point of view in, in that joke. Well, I agree. I the think point, that's actually a really it, funny it, But it's joke. not. It's a funny joke, and it does address the reality that sometimes we send texts to the wrong people, but that's not a profound question no, of our day. It, is, it does speak to the human condition. Yeah, and the, uh, it is and profound. The, and, and that's what makes it funny is the fact that we're speaking to the human condition. It's very self-deprecating. Yeah, and it, well, we're speaking to the human condition, and when we are self-deprecating, the reason why people laugh at it is because they relate to their own vulnerability, and they go, oh, this guy has the same vulnerability that I have, and that's why yeah, I laugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we've gone from real face-to-face verbal communication. What about when Stephen Wright said, my school colors are clear? What great, profound well, issue I, of the I, day is he addressing, or is he just being funny? I, I think, think he's just being every, funny, but I think you have a point of view with that Cousin Sheila joke. Every, or when Seinfeld every, says, you know, at least the bird should try to avoid hitting the other bird. I don't know if that's... Addressing I, a profound issue. I mean, you can't issue. assume that everybody is going to address those, those. No, but I hear a lot said about comedians being the great truth-tellers of our day, and I think some are. A, a lot are. I think, I think that's exaggerated in terms of how many of us really so, do that. So. But anyway, Lamore. Yes. So this fundraiser for ADHD, ADHD Caroline's. Yes, it's going to be at Caroline's. It's going to be really fun. The first hour is going to be a cocktail hour where we auction off those prints. And then uh, there's going to be a full-on comedy show. It's going to be... I have such a great lineup. Todd Berry's headlining, and I have Judy Gold, Jim Florent, Jim Flore- Florentine. Um, you and Jim Florentine, Brian. I know, have a very special relationship. We're good friends. Yes. Our kids are friends. Uh, but there's nothing sexual there. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm damn. sorry. I'm just, I'm just trying to be provocative. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so tell us more about the show. <laughs> um, gosh, you... I love Jim me. Florentine. Yes, he's fantastic. Jim Florent. I do a slight impression of Jim Florent. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I lost my... He's uh, got that Jersey rat. October 29th. Yes. Anyways, uh, one hour get, auction, great lineup. To buy tickets, you can go to comediansinfocus.com. Comediansinfocus.com. Yes, okay. to get tickets or to donate. And uh, I really hope you, know, you guys come and uh, bid on prints. And then come and just enjoy the funny show. Sorry I made you uncomfortable. I'm, this is, but, you know, I'm trying to be provocative, and sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. He's a truth teller. You know? he, he's asking questions. Um, that's his truth. But uh, did you have, because men and women, some say, can't be friends, but, but you've proven the opposite no, to be I true. Work, I work with comedians, so to me it's all friendships. So. But yeah, I, I, and, I, and I agree with you. I have female friends uh, with, with whom there is no, uh, Periel and I, for example. Yes. No sexual tension there. <laughs> Did he just insult you? But what, Not if, at all. what if she wanted to bang you? What, would would no, you be uh, in for that or no? Absolutely. Uh, she's a married woman. She's a married woman. <laughs> yeah, and if she wanted to bang you, then what? I That's don't bang an married women with whom I work in particular. Um, you don't think there are any affairs? Well, there might well be, on. but I'm not. I'm not involved in them. Really I don't know. I, Worshiping Thomas Jefferson as a hero is one thing. My money would be on you. Thank you, Dante. I appreciate that. Dan right, draws well. the line. It's okay to rape slaves if you're from the 1800s. <laughs> it's not okay to bang a coworker. Well, I don't think. I, I think. Uh, I, I think it's okay to bang a coworker. It's not my choice. I, I, I um, agree with you. Uh, raping slaves is obviously not okay under any circumstances. Thanks for that. I agree with you there. <laughs> I mean, that. what you role playing is another story. Controversial <laughs> issue. Um, Thank you to everybody. I think we're about done. Well, not yet. Why is that? So first, come visit us on Instagram at Live from the Table. You can send emails to us if you'd like to address anything that's been discussed. What's our email address? Podcast at ComedyCellar.com yeah. for comments. Podcast at ComedyCellar.com for comments. Dante, Compliments and constructive criticism, but I prefer the compliments. Dante, where can we find you? Uh, oh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's the Dante Nero, D-A-N-T-E-N-E-R-O. And uh, my podcast is a relationship-based podcast, Man School 202. Wow, okay. Yeah. Dante is your source for all things relationship-oriented. Yeah. Of course, Jared does that, too. That's uh, right, and listen to Jared's new special, right? Yes, or uh, Always it. a Mumber. We already talked about that. Yeah. James, uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate my promotion 
to Dan Natterman's Instagram page. Dan, what's your Instagram? It's at Dan Natterman. I seldom post, but when I do, it's always riveting and interesting. Recently, I posted a picture of my grandparents on their wedding day in 1928. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> at at DanNatterman.com. <laughs> James Altucher is the author of Choose Yourself. Uh, and also, Think Like a Billionaire is Forthcoming. He is... Also co-owner of Stand Up New York Comedy Club. And here at the Comedy Cellar, we believe in uh, promoting other clubs. We're not selfish. And so go to the Stand Up New York Comedy Club on 78th and Broadway if you're in the area. Although I would say Comedy Cellar is probably the best comedy club in the city. I'm, I'm, I'm talking the truth here. The real love fest. Well, uh, it's certainly the most popular, uh, objectively speaking, in terms of number of tickets sold. Obviously, that's very objective, and indeed, it is at this time the most popular. Is it the best? I'll leave that to uh, the audiences. To uh, the audience, it's the best. Okay, Dan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna promote. Yeah, check out the lineups, comics, yeah. and whenever Dan Natterman is on the lineup, come to the show. I'm and pro- I do, I do. You Dan. know, um, they send me these emails for Stand Up New York. And it's, it's like it's got to fill out this whole fucking thing. It's like kind of complicated. I agree with you. Why don't that. you just can you just send me like when you, you want when you if, if you want me there just email. Why don't, why don't you run the club? Te- I don't really enjoy it. Why uh, don't you come and run the club? Or if you don't want me there, that's fine too. But if you want me there, I'm happy to work there. But say, hey Dan, can you come whatever day this time? And all right, that's good advice. You know, and uh, as far as to make it easier for me, if you want me there. Now, if you don't want me there, that's fine too. I just find that whole process with the with the way you have the veils. It's like this whole thing I got to fill out. It's kind of it's just I, clicking a date. I, no, but it's like they, a whole. It, they don't even do the date. They do the show. Look, it's the like very, the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah look, the very first time I was here, Dan called me out in front of Noam for soliciting comics to go to Stand Up New York. So I'm saying, just go to the comedy cellar and watch Dan. I don't recall that, by the way. That might have happened. Uh, but I think Stephen got fired because you said that. No, no. <laughs> Stephen got fired, but he had a beef with Noam. It had nothing to do with me. And I don't recall doing that. I, I, you know, why would I do it? First of all, I'm, I don't own the Comedy Cellar. And second of all, I work at Stand Up New York. I, I, I was saying we'd love to see you We more. didn't get to the Cuba Gooding <laughs> Jr. accusations today, but apparently he's in hot water. Look that up if you're interested over uh, some Me Too shit. What's up? Who's right over where? Right he is at the table. Yes. No, he's. Not. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yes, he, he is. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> Nobody with Modi. Cuba Gooding Jr. is here. Yeah. Yes. That's that is un- really funny. That's Let's get him so here. Funny. Let's ask him. Uh, Dante, you're the closest to him. Ask him. I'm not. Why is he with Modi? He came in. Maybe they're talking about Columbus Day. Yeah, Modi and Cuba probably both have beefs against Columbus. Oh, well, that's, that's interesting so because he, have you read it? But he's nuts. in the news. I'm like he's right there. He's like, no, he's not. Right. Well, because yeah. uh, what are the chances that he's right there? All right, come on. This Anyhow. is a comedy podcast. <laughs> Dante, ask Cuba to come sit here. We're we're extending this one for Cuba. I think, given the circumstances, we probably should not do that. Though. Do you want me to go? What, I'll ask him. Do you want me to go over it, and ask wait, him? Wait, tell come me here? what's in what's going on. In he's the been news. accused of some me too shit, and I can guarantee you he doesn't want to talk about it here. He's been accused of grabbing women in restaurants. Should we go sit next to him and see if he does it? Well, if he grabs you, we'll have an interesting um, a scoop. Lure him over here. You know, but... Um, Do you want me to go over and ask him to sit down with us? And talk about what? Left. We'll let him decide. Done. That's it. <laughs> oh, he left. I, I, I don't think so. He heard us. He... In any case, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Noam will be back from Vegas. Again, thank you, Dante. Thanks for, for having me on. It's always such a pleasure for me to come here. Thank you. You're thank always you. welcome. At Live from the Table. Uh, Jared Fried in Abstentia. We'll thank him, and we'll see you next time.